Come with me and you'll be in a world of cinematic adventures. Hello, welcome back to Cinematic Adventures. Today, I am talking with Kevin the Critic. Hey, Kevin. Hi. I used to have the Iron Man video game for my Wii system and they had like a making of thing on it. And Stan Lee did some interview where he was like, you know, we're going to make, we purposely are going to make Tony Stark a character that you're not going to like, and then we're going to make you like him anyway. Yeah. That's that to me, that's Iron Man. That's why when people are like, Oh, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel is horrible. I'm like, no, that's Captain Marvel. Read the comics people. <laughs> that's oh, Cap- really? Captain Marvel is not a likable character. Well, Oh man, she's man, if you is... if you read um I've never read her specific comics, but yeah. I read uh, Civil War two. Mm-hmm. She's a dick. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's I don't the one, like she's the one who kind of and um antagonized everything, and the she's only... just very matter of fact. And she almost she it was thought that she killed Tony Stark. Oh, <laughs> maybe yeah. she saw maybe she saw Iron Man three and was like ah. <laughs> No, actually, they were fighting over Rhodey because uh, oh. she is, she is dating Rhodey, oh, and um, he gets killed. And when Tony finds out, he is livid, oh. and um, it's because he gets killed because she sent them on like they went on a mission together, um, mm-hmm. like these this I think I don't know what version, but it was like a, a version of the Avengers. They went on a mission together and um, to stop Thanos. They captured Thanos, but Rhodey gets killed. And um, when Tony finds out about it, he's livid and he <sighs> like that kind of begins his tension with Carol. But then later when you find out like why she went after Thanos, it was because this kid named Ulysses, uh, he's at first they thought he was a mutant and then they realized he was actually an inhuman right. and he gets um, it's basically minority report. That's the best oh. way to describe it. Oh, Minority God. Report, where he gets glimpse, he gets precog images uh-huh. that may or may not come true, and right. Tony's like, "You can't do Avengers missions before anything happens." And Carol's um, like, "The fuck, I can't." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, yeah. Something I, man, Captain Marvel is another one. I, I really enjoyed the movie on its own. In the larger universe, I'm thinking she's a god like she's more even more of a powerful god than thor is how are you gonna make villains for her to fight because she's very like, like i think the they character... did i think they handled her really well in endgame no they, where, they like, did she's gone most of the time and then when she comes in you think oh fight's over but not oh. when thanos has the gauntlet Oh and no! Like oh okay, never mind. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Like in Endgame, and you want to talk about like a plot contrivance thing. Be, you want to talk about something like get, because the plot has to happen in Endgame when they call her and she's like, "Oh, I'm I'm off on other planets." All I thought was, you guys know that Captain Marvel can't be here because this movie would be over in fifteen seconds if she was with them the whole time, and so you have to write her out of here. Okay, not true because going back to the comics. She can't defeat Thanos when he's got the when he's got the gauntlet. Remember at the beginning of Endgame, Infinity right. Wars already happened. He already has right. the gauntlet. So, um, and that's why the very the very beginning when they go, they find Thanos, and remember she's the one who yeah. goes out yeah. first, and yeah. then she's like, "Yeah, there's nothing," and they're able to easily defeat him because he doesn't have the gauntlet because he um he got rid of the stones. Right. When Thanos has the full gauntlet, like he's got the gauntlet with all the stones. Mm-hmm. Even Captain Marvel can't beat him. Yeah. So, and they 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 accurately portrayed that, and then oh, um, it actually makes right. sense 
that she would leave because like she said, it, it may have been a throwaway line, but it does make sense. Earth wasn't the only planet where that happened. I appreciate that they did that in terms of like, she can't just stay on Earth all the time. Yeah. Like, it, and it they does- even sent away other characters. She's not the only one who was off world. Other characters were sent to other places. So yeah. to me, like that actually makes sense. But then when she's, when she knows she's needed, she comes back. Yeah. So no I, I liked the way they handled that. But then again, it, still, when she comes back, she doesn't like the, the, the fight isn't immediately over. She's mm-hmm. still like, yes, yeah, she's get, got the upper hand for the most part, but then Thanos grabs the power stone and he's able to knock her out. Right. So I mean, she's not, she's not like an actual God. She has godlike powers, but she can still be defeated. And I like how they showed that. Like, so that's why I think Endgame was like, they used her perfectly where it's like just enough, not too much, yeah. but Hey, she's not a goddess. She can be taken down. Yes. Now I do have to ask, is her, uh, is her end, is her like new haircut and end game like accurate to the comics? Yes. Um, okay. Cause I was, so, cause I was wondering about it. Like, cause I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't read a lot of the comics. Like, I enjoy this as like as superhero movies. So technically so, both like, haircuts are accurate to the comics because okay. Carol Danvers originally mm-hmm. had long flowing hair that was like, right. you know, kind of curl at the end. Uh-huh. And then, um, and the, like in the universe that we're in now, like like the current comics, she yeah. looks exactly the way she does in, in Endgame. Okay. She's got the short hair. She's got that exact suit. She didn't have that suit before. She had a black oh. suit with like a yellow um, uh, okay. like band. So, and that was when she had the long hair because she looked more mm-hmm. comic booky. Like, you know how like women yeah. in comic books are always wearing like swimsuits? Yeah. That's what I, she I, was wearing, like a black swimsuit with like oh. a yellow <laughs> band. And she had like long blonde hair. And then the the new version of her is yeah. exactly like Endgame. She's got the short hair. Yeah. She's got the you know the spacesuit type of suit that looks exactly yeah. like that. Well, right. I mean, pretty much. So yeah. So they they did make her more current comic book accurate, but she never really wasn't comic book accurate. They okay. just brought her into the current one. Right. This is you know, about continuity nitpicking. You know how like they do the fan servicey moment in Endgame where all the Marvel ladies come together and everything. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that's really cool. Where the hell is Liv Tyler from The Incredible Hulk? She doesn't have superpowers. Neither does Pepper anymore. No, but Pepper was wearing an Iron Man suit. Still, it's just kind of. She could at least fight. Like everybody that yeah, was there can... is a fighter. They they brought all the MCU fighters back, so she wouldn't have been there anyway. Even if she was, even if she was still in the continuity, she wouldn't have been there because she's not a fighter. Yeah, st- still, I thought I just thought it was kind of like. I just remember seeing a lot of articles being like all of the major Marvel ladies had this fight. I'm like, Liv Tyler didn't. You know who was actually missing though? Who? Agent Melinda May and Sky. Oh, uh, aka Daisy. they. I think that they said that like at a certain point, Agents of the Shield was its own thing, which I felt really bad for the entire cast when I read that because like they were hired on thinking they were going to interact with the movies at some point. <laughs> Well, they did actually up until season six. They um, oh, season six. That's how long that they were promised that this is going to connect with the movies. It it actually did connect with the movie. Every oh yeah, because I remember the, the civil. I remember like the because Winter Soldier connected with it in a big way. Yeah, Winter's. So the for season one, um, 
it's usually at the split. You watch the first half of season one. And the reason why it was all boring is because they couldn't do the arc yeah. that they wanted in season in the second half until Captain America Winter Soldier came out because they can't spoil Winter Soldier. Right. So you watch the first half of season one, then Captain America Winter Soldier, second half of season one. In season two, they discussed Thor. Um, yeah, because yeah. Thor, the Dark World, had happened, and they yeah. talk about uh, the convergence and, and then, they, you know, Lady, he meets a Lady, berserker. Lady Sif showed up once or twice. Yes, um, Lady Sif showed up, and then they even um, the there's a little old dude who they, they got, turns out was a berserker, and he's oh, an Asgardian. I remember. Oh yeah, they, it was a uh, Peter McNichol. They got to play him. Yeah, and May ends up grabbing the stick and like kind of going literally berserk. Um, <laughs> And then I remember later, I think it was later on in season two, where they got the guy that they got the guy that plays Bosch, and he he mentioned that Ultron had happened at some point. Um. Oh well, Age of Ultron happens in season. I want to say season that was in twenty fifteen. Ultron was in twenty fifteen, so that would have been like three, probably. Didn't start in 2012. Yeah, okay, season three. Yeah, because yeah. I think season four was Captain America Winter's or Captain America Civil War. Yeah, season four is yeah, season four is like the the Civil War where the super superpowered people are being like hunted down. There are groups that wanted to kill all of them and yeah, Ghost the only Riders tie-in are, that they have with that is they say um the Sokovia Accords a couple of times. Well, yeah, but um, there's literally a line where someone says um, an Iron Man and a super soldier, and they're talking about oh. Captain America and Iron Man. <laughs> um, oh. And then, but then after that, that's that's what they say right before the um, split, and then when you yeah. come back from the second half, so you have the split, and then you watch Captain America Civil, Civil War. War, then you get the second half of the season, and you that's when you come back, and there's the Sokovia Accords, and everything ties in. Um, and then Age of Ultron, I think it's season two. Uh, may- maybe it's. I think it's season two. Um, and if you, it, this is the one that actually the movie does. The movie is affected by Agents of Shield. Yeah. If you watch season two, mm-hmm. um, so after they like kind of go back and they show like what was happening in Shield and the Triskelion during um the you know during the whole Hydra event yeah. when everything was going down and they kind of mm-hmm. like show like while the Triskelion was going down, these are the people, you know, these are how people were interacting and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they, they were able to save a helicarrier. Right. And they show you that the helicarriers that they saved, he gives to Nick Fury, Nick Fury by way of Maria Hill. So in age of Ultron, when you're watching, and Nick Fury shows up on the helicarrier, and Agent Hill is uh, Maria Hill is infiltrating um, Stark uh, Stark t- mm-hmm. uh, Stark Inc. or whatever it's called Stark um, in- Industries. Yeah, yeah Stark yeah. Industries. Um, you, if you were watching Agents of Shield at the same time, you would realize that basically Fury and Hill are still the same Fury and Hill from the first movie. Mm-hmm. They're just they have different titles now because Fury's technically. Like he's, he's technically, I think 
I don't think he was. Oh no, he is dead. He's he's technically dead according to everybody else. And yeah. Hill is technically with Stark Industries, but they're both backdooring into Shield, which is where they get the helicarriers from, and also where they get the information from. Because remember, Hill shows up and tells everybody yes. about the twins, and they're like, yeah, like, and they that's get that information. It, they got it from Shield. And then it, and then Ultron opens up with, and then Ultron opens up with like the Avengers going to that going to Strucker's base. Right, which um, they got that information oh, yeah. from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and you know what? And I will say, when I got to that point in the S.H.I.E.L.D., it was like, wow, that made, Ultron's opening makes so much more sense. So I seem to remember, I saw it, I saw it in theaters, I was like, why are they here? Who are they exactly. after? What's how did going they know on? That the, how did they know Loki Scepter was there? Well, S.H.I.E.L.D. had tracked it down, and instead of yeah. them oh. going after it themselves, which they were totally capable of doing, for yeah. some stupid reason, they gave it... That, that's a whole different episode. Like, oh. I could do a whole episode on Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or not Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, but um, on Age of Ultron. Ooh, so, yeah. I, I have... I, Age of Ultron is one that I... Again, I, I like Iron Man 3. It's, like a, it's, a, it's a fun action movie, me. Ultron is one where I've, I enjoy it okay, but it's one of... It's frustratingly one of the most important ones in this series because a lot happens in it that influences later events and mm-hmm. character motivations, but also one of the most crammed. Yes. And it's like, crammed with stupid shit that didn't need to be there. The, Thor, every, everything with Thor, I was like, uh, and then and you get I'm to still Rad- pissed that they killed Quicksilver. Oh no. And then like, it, I laugh like when they get to Ragnarok, they show you an Ultron, it's like, supposed to be all like hellish and burning fire. And then you get to it's like, oh, this isn't that bad. <laughs> or at least or it's bad, but not as bad as his vision told him. Yeah, his vision made him made it feel like all the gods were gonna die, and they did die, but individually before Ragnarok happened. Yeah, like before the actual event of Ragnarok, they died in the movie, yeah. but like they died separate of the event of Ragnarok. But yeah, I do, and that's one that's one of my issues with Ragnarok. It's not like a big one, but it's a minor quibble. It's like this is supposed to be hell on earth or Midgard or whatever Asgard. Asgard. It's like. To me, Thor Ragnarok is one where like the they undercut every dramatic moment with comedy, and it's they funny. Do. No, it's it's funny. It's really funny, and I like the visuals, and it's weird and wacky and creative. But one of my problems with that movie is that they undercut every dramatic moment with a joke. And at a certain point, I'm always like, okay, this is fun, but the emotion you're trying to put in here doesn't work as well as you think it is. I think they did that on purpose and I understand it and I'm okay with it because if you were to take away the comedy and just look at the events that happened in that movie, that's a suicide fest. Like nobody would survive that because it is terrible. So you have to undercut it with humor because it's too dark. And and that's what I think Endgame did really well was it took everything that happened to Thor in Ragnarok and everything mm-hmm. that happened in Infinity War and was like, this is what, this is the toll it took on Thor. Oh yeah. That's why I like, I think Fat Thor was perfect. Oh yeah. I, I love, I love everything they did with Thor in Endgame. It was a result of, you know, what it would happen to him in Ragnarok and Infinity War. Like I thought that, I saw people made like, saw how he's fat and I'm like, no, this is, a, this is actually, I mean, yes, they're making jokes, but it's kind of, I like that he's actually really beaten down by everything. Yeah. 
it did a really great job of making him just feel like a person instead of, and not just, you know, an all powerful super God. Exactly. Which is perfect because remember in infinity war, like that it, it's, it was the perfect synergy because in infinity war, he literally took on the power of a dying star. Mm-hmm. So that like, that immediately puts in your mind, like, okay, if this guy can take on the, the heat of a dying star, he's impervious. But there's, if you're impervious to physical pain, you can still fall to emotional pain. So I yeah. love how they did that. They were like, well, may, he may be physically impervious, but he's not emotionally impervious. And yeah. Ragnarok had kind of made him seem like that because everything yeah. that happens, he loses his father. He finds it as a sister, but she's evil and he's got to kill her. But he can't kill her because she's stronger than him and smarter than him. And right. then he realizes, okay, fine, fuck it. I can't have the brother that I want. Like, he's not who I think he is. I have to go away from him, but then, oh, well, maybe he is, but, and then, like, in Infin- Infinity War, like, he dies, and then he sees Heimdall, his best friend, die, and yeah. all of the warriors with him, like, his entire, everybody, all of his warriors die, before he even gets to Infinity War, half of Asgard is dead, and Infinity War, half of that half is now dead, uh, <laughs> so it's yeah, like, it's just- literally everybody is dead, why? Because he failed to kill Thanos. Yeah, again, I think I might be able to argue like Thor may have the most interesting character arc out of everybody, surprisingly. Um, like in the MCU or in Infinity War slash Endgame? At, at least in Infinity War and Endgame. To me, at least, it seems like he has the most stuff going on with him emotionally, emotionally at the very least. I, like I, would, the I would agree with you as far mm-hmm. as Infinity War slash Endgame is concerned. Yeah. As far as overall, I would not agree with that. Who do you... Okay. Who do you Steve think Rogers. has the... I think explain, Steve Rogers has the best overall. Ooh, ex- explain to me what that is. Because I, I, th- I think Ruth Evans is really great in the part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm very mixed on him. I feel like sometimes the way that he's written is a little stoic-ish. Like I mean, the really, dude's from the... Dude I mean, I was, get... from the, an earlier time. He's from the 19... He was born in, like, 1917. I mean... That's a stoic time. Like, <laughs> so... I mean, I feel like when he is not, like... I think when the Russos are handling him, like, you know, mm. Winter Soldier, Civil War, like, all that, I think he... And, you know, and in the first Avenger, I think that in his individual movies, he's handled really well. I think when you put him in the like Avengers movies though, where he's surrounded by everybody else, they kind of they drop the ball on him a little bit. So almost like when the two men, Marcus and um, with McFeely and uh, uh, Marcus and McFeely, when they write him, he's the yeah. same character because they write him in all of those movies. Um, yeah. But when Joss when Whedon John, writes him, he's not correct because yeah, he like wrote him John, in Age of Ultron and the Avengers. Yeah, like when Joss Whedon writes him... But yeah, I feel like in the Avengers movies, Joss Whedon has like an, a basic understanding of him, but he doesn't really know how to develop him in the stories, in like the scripts that he wrote. It's like, he has to be here because he's the captain of the team, but he doesn't get a ton of like, development in them because there's a lot of stuff going on around him in those um i feel the same way about black widow 
I think she's written the best oh. in the Captain, Mar- uh, Captain America movies. I think she was written the worst in um, the Avengers. In both oh. in, in the Avengers and the Avengers Age of Ultron, I absolutely hated her roles. But oh, I loved God. her in Winter Soldier because I'm like, that's Black Widow. I mean, oh, God. Like, you want to talk about inconsistency? Black Widow's hair goes through so many changes in every single movie. Like, the, like that's that's a small detail that drives me nuts. It's like, but it is kind of in changing. character because she's a spy. Spies don't stay the same. They have to change. I mean, sure, but like, because even Hawkeye is different like, from film to film. Hawkeye, I, man, I I need to watch some of these again because I don't. I mean, I like Haw- I like Hawkeye fine, but I feel like he got shafted the most out of anybody. Um, he got shafted until he got shafted in the first two films he was in, which was Thor and the Avengers. Yeah. But then I mean, after that, fine. he gets, I think he gets fair play, but even, yeah. even still, like if you look at his costume and his hair and everything, even he changes movie to movie because they're spies. Spies are supposed to be in disguise all the time. They're not sure. supposed to look the same. So to me, that's just part sure. of their character. That's, okay. and also like they're in um, the looks that she has, yeah. are from different iterations of her in the comics because she's been around like since the 60s and she's yeah. had several different looks so they just kind of threw them all in okay um so I mean, her her looks don't really bother me but her characterization does I mean, like in the would, avengers when she's freaked out after she um encountered the hulk that to yeah. me was joss whedon like making her a damsel in distress for no yeah. effing reason there's no I reason for her to do her, that. It doesn't make sense to me why her and Hulk have it. I mean, I know they try to explain it. Don't get me started on that. Oh, bullshit. that. That is literally even, the worst thing in, in Age of Ultron. That, that. They have no chemistry. It's entirely well, forced. Why is she going to go from, in the last movie, you said she was terrified of the Hulk, which again, yeah. makes no sense. Because Black Widow should be the most stoic character. She is yeah. just like in, in Winter Soldier, like she told Cap, she's anything you need her to be. Because yeah. that's how she's the ultimate spy. She can literally become anybody to be able... And in Iron Man 2, she did it. Remember and Iron Man that, 2, Tony was like, yeah. I can't get a read on you because she keeps changing. Yeah. That's then, Black Widow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure Josh Wayne was like, well, you know, anything she needs her to be, well, I need her to be the emotional support person for Hulk, so, you know. Oh, just... No, and again, horrible. like again, even when I saw Ultron back in 2015, I was like, this doesn't track. Like, exactly. like, the, like the, the actors have chemistry, fine. I think, like, Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo as actors have chemistry, but the, cam- the way that it jumps through hoops to try and sell you on the romance, I'm like, I don't even think the actors no. have care, have chemistry. Really? You know who she has perfect chemistry with in the MCU? Chris Evans. Yes, everybody yeah. knows that. It's right oh, no. there. Oh no! Like I was geeking out with a, with another friend of mine earlier today, and I and I came like, why isn't she with Captain America? They're both like they're both scarred soldiers. They're both kind exactly. of emotion. They're both like kind of. They're not very good at like expressing their emotions they're both kind of people out of time exactly in a, in a certain speaking way of out of time no not in a certain way in the comics yeah. she's only a few years younger than him oh really? she too has a super soldier serum she just oh. didn't get the vita rays so oh. she can she has the same metabolism she has oh. the same um increased speed she has increased strength again she didn't her muscles didn't grow so she's stronger than the average woman she's faster than the average oh woman. yeah like i 
I get that. Like, I'm can I'm live cool for almost like almost forever because her metabolism oh, like doesn't. It's like super fast. Oh, so really? yeah, she's like eight. Like okay, so at the end of this movie, or at the end of Endgame, yeah, Cap before he goes back in time while he's still um himself while he's still himself. Yeah, he's like 108, right? Yeah, Black Widow. If they had made her canon, would have been like 90. Man, because she, she was born in like she was born in nineteen. Yeah, no, she would have oh. been. He was one hundred and eight. She would have been ninety eight because oh, yeah. he was born. I think in nineteen seventeen. She was born in like nineteen twenty eight. Oh wow! So does she still like? Do they come up with a reason like why she still looks like young? Or in the comics, she, yeah. In the movies, okay. they in the movies they had her be born in nineteen eighty four, and I'm like, you oh. just fucked it up. <laughs> but in the comics um yeah because she had the russian version of the super soldier serum and oh. so does bucky by the way that makes that recontextualizes about so many of the action sequences she's in where she's like kicking and flipping around and doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. and no matter how hard she gets hit she just bounces back uh, yeah that's always the thing about her like yeah man I mean, strong female character, great, but she's like, but yeah, knowing that she's supposed to have the same serum, it's like, yeah, wow, why didn't you canonize that? That would have made a that would have helped a lot of things. Yeah, and like, um, why didn't you even if you had to retcon it or change it a little? Why not just say that the the evil Russian ballerina assassin palace place that's canon that's how that. she got it <laughs> that is that's exactly how she got it so oh god her story, <laughs> her story in the comics is that um she was a little kid she was mm-hmm. adopted by this man who um was friends with wolverine oh. and he taught her how to fight when she was like four or five Oh, and wow. um, yeah, and then um, he they she was trained to always fight and like spy like no little spy things and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was put into the red room mm-hmm. when she was like six or seven, something like that. And mm-hmm. she was trained to become you know lethal assassin. And yeah. then they gave her like th- like when she was done with her training, instead of making her like an immediate spy, they gave her this like fake backstory of being a ballerina so okay. then basically enter red sparrow oh, oh yeah because okay, no because that's what i was that's what i was thinking i was yeah, like pretty much she's except, gonna be a recipe yeah <laughs> minus and, all minus all the awful stuff that i've heard happens to her in that movie so well yeah in red sparrow no like the training that happens in red sparrow happened to her when she was a kid oh because she <laughs> entered when she was a kid that was the red room and then yeah. um and then they go ballerina so it's kind of reverse red sparrow where oh. like she starts out as, as learning to be an assassin and then she becomes like a ballerina but she's not very good at it um right. <laughs> and then they have her marry this guy named alexei shoshkatov who uh-huh. is a pilot uh-huh. in like the russian military and then one day they basically so pretty much both of them were like sleepers and they like call him up and the way they do it is they tell her when she's like 21, they tell mm. her that her husband died in a, um, in an accident and like a, oh. a training accident, like as when he was flying. Yeah. And um, so she thinks that he's dead. So then she goes and joins the KGB and then they basically like enact her. And that's when she gets like the super, the, um, the super she gets the serum, serum and then she gets, she gets trained again um, with Bucky. Mm-hmm. because he's the winter soldier at this point 
Oh, yeah. And she develops a relationship with Bucky. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then her first act, um, or not her first act, but, well, her first interaction with the Avengers is she's sent to steal the Iron Man suit from Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Which is why her entry into into the MCU as stealing the Iron Man, like, tech, uh, like infiltrating Stark Industries. Right. That's, like, on brand. So, um so yeah, she's got an interesting. She wow. has an interesting backstory, <laughs> and the MCU kind of fucked half of it. I mean, so, I mean, you know, and and now I'm just, and now I'm trying to imagine like any version of Wolverine training with uh, what is his name, Hop from Stranger Things, who's her dad now in the movies. Well, she was younger, so I mean, she when I'm, she trained with Wolverine, she was like a little uh, kid. Like, uh, he, there's another funny thing about there's that's another funny thing about like. Her and Scarlet Witch both has this problem. They're supposed to be Russians, right? Why don't they have accents? Well, Scarlet Witch did have an accent, but everybody hated it so much they kept downplaying it every movie to where and then, it's, it's kind of gone. Uh, when it got to Infinity War, I was like, "You're not even, you're not even attempting to put an accent on anymore." I honestly think that what happened was the backlash of her accent being so terrible, and it's not uh, like it's not it's necessarily not, that her accent is terrible. Yeah. It's that everybody thought that. The accent was bad. Really? Like they just didn't I, I like remember. It. I remember people saying that they thought Aaron Taylor Johnson's accent was terrible. But I mean, oh, everybody I hated both of them. Oh God! Well, I mean, I, I, I do think that she does a good job in Age of Ultron, even though that she's really underused. Um, and the reason why Scarlet Witch, or not Scarlet Witch, um, uh, Black, Black Widow. Widow doesn't have a Russian accent is because she wouldn't be a very good spy if she retained her russian accent would she because she was coming to america during the cold war oh during the red scare she can't have any traces of a russian accent when she gets here so it makes sense that she doesn't she loses it 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 is so now the movie had to answer her sister florence Pugh has one which again she doesn't have a sister she's not supposed to or what is she supposed to have like she shouldn't have a sister as far as canon is concerned she is because she's an orphan remember she was she was adopted by the guy who raised her um is that guy supposed to be the hop from stranger things like the big jolly beard no that guy is the red guardian the red guardian is the guy who her husband alexi ends up being oh so remember when I said they called it like they were basically like sleepers and they activated them and they yeah. did it by telling her, telling yeah. her that her husband died in a, in a plane crash as yeah, a, but like he in a didn't. piloting incident. He, yeah, didn't. he didn't. They actually. turned him into the Red Guardian. Oh, she God finds out that. later when she's trying to save Hawkeye. And um, I think Captain America ends up having to save him. But ah. the Red Guardian grabs Hawkeye, who was her lover. Uh-huh. And he reveals himself, and she discovers that it's Alexi, her husband. And now she's kind of caught between old and new. And uh-huh. Captain America has to come in and like help her out. Oh <laughs> no! Oh god! That, I... so that's what I mean by like the bastardization of the Black Widow character. Yeah, that... is her husband. Oh, not that... a father figure. <laughs> yeah, that um. Wow, I, I never realized how little these guys care about the comics. I mean, again, like that, not that. That doesn't impact my personal viewing of them, but I definitely understand why a lot of people don't like the directions they took. Uh, you know what? I liked most of the... I like. I do. I still like most of the MCU. It's just movies yeah. like Iron Man 3, Age yes. of Ultron, 
And her, specifically her portrayal when she's written by Joss Whedon that irritates the shit out of me. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I'd have to watch The Avengers again to see if I, see how I felt about how she was portrayed there. But I do think that there should be more connection. Like, the writers of these things should talk to each other so that they can, like, keep... Like, even if they're not going to follow the concept, it's fine. They should keep the film continuity together for the well, most part. They, it, the writer of of the Avengers and Age of Ultron was the same person. It's Joss yeah, Whedon. Yeah, J- Joss And Whedon. here's a fun fact. Joss Whedon actually wrote Black Widow comics. Oh, really? He's written them. And I'm Matt. like, I know you know. You uh, wrote them. <laughs> when he when he wrote comics about her, was she characterized correctly? I don't know because I didn't bother to read them. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, well, well, maybe his ver. Oh no, like something. This was supposed to happen. I'm kind of happy it didn't. He was supposed to write a Batgirl movie at, at some point, and I'm kind of afraid of what a Joss Whedon movie about a Batman character would be like regardless of who the character is. Yeah. I honestly, so many people love to say he's, he writes such strong female characters and you have to define strong female characters. If you're going to say that, because I look at a lot, not all of them, but a lot of the characters that he has written that are female. And I'm like, they are weak as hell. <laughs> like they, they may be physically strong, but that does not define strong to me. Like, right. to me, it's like, being, it's like emotional strength. And he changed, to me, he made Black Widow weaker than she is in the comics. Because, like, take the Avengers. Yeah. The scene where she's running away from the Hulk, okay? She yeah. runs away from the Hulk. He swats her to the side. And mm-hmm. she just cowers there and cries. I'm like, that's not Black Widow! Yeah. Even, Black even Widow the- would get up and take off. Even in the even like within the movies themselves, like that that doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, she might she might be shaken. She would be shaken a little bit by that, but she wouldn't. Even if she wanted to cry, she wouldn't do it she right wouldn't, there. Yeah, she wouldn't, especially not when there's action happening, because that's Black Widow's jam. She's like, she's very much the type of person who would like if something happened and like, if there's something emotionally that she's got to work through, she's going to do it by kicking somebody's ass. She's going to dive into the work in order to get out of it. So it, so to me, like if she gets swatted by the Hulk, she would get up, take like a minute to be like, ah, like the physical issues. But then again, she's just like Captain America. Basically, the scene later in the Avengers when Captain America gets thrown out of the, when the blast happens and he's, he like falls on the ground yeah. after the explosion and he yeah. takes that second to like get up when he's um, what, or not, not at the ground when he's on the car. He takes that second to like, you know, kind of feel it, but then he still gets up and keeps going. That's what Black Widow would have done. The exact uh... same thing. And I think that when she, um, when Nick Fury made the call to stop to, to be like, hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are infiltrating, you know, or, um, we're being infiltrated by people who look like S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And remember, he put out the call to stop Hawkeye. Yeah. She should have been fighting those S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that were infiltrating. And then just like in Winter Soldier, when you get to the point where um, she's like, remember Cap is calling her and she's like yeah. beating the shit out of like three dudes. Oh, yeah. And she's like, just like fighting, fighting, fighting. She's like, hang on. And she's like fighting, fighting, fighting. And then she's like, okay, you know, and she like knocks yeah, him out and keeps I mean, going. 
That should have been it should have been that scene where like she's fighting oh, you know other God. shield agents, Fury calls in and she's like on it, knocks out the dude she's on, and then moves on to go deal with Hawkeye. Oh that's God. Black Widow. Oh God. So so I'm I, so I'm trying to imagine like Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely watching the Avengers going like they wrote her way better and she has chemistry she has perfect chemistry yeah with cap they set it up and went yeah they set up again like even back in 2015 when i saw ultron the theaters i i did not i sort of i i went with like okay you're doing the hulk but you're like not doing like you're into the hulk which, okay, by I the way, sort of... I cannot remember ever seeing her be with the Hulk. Oh, she really? has been with Tony Stark. And also, oh, and she's been she's... with Hawkeye. She's been with Captain America. She's been with Daredevil. She's been with literally every character except for Bruce Banner. <laughs> oh, no. And here's, another, and here's another little geeky continuity break that Ultron makes. Like, they, like, in the Incredible Hulk movie where Edward Norton played him, which I... I like and the movie that disregards that one completely at this point, but yeah. still they make it very clear in that movie, Bruce Banner can't he can't have intercourse with somebody because his heart rate will go up and he'll hulk out. Yes. So when he's like so when he and Black Widow are about to get intimate with each other, it, like mm-hmm. in at the farm, I was like, Wait. Yep. Don't you you shouldn't nope. you can't do this. Even exactly. if I bought that you two liked each other, you cannot do this. Well, okay, so technically in defense of this one little point, yeah. technically he's already moved past that. He has. Okay. Yeah, well, because remember in the Avengers when Oh yeah, he, he said he's always, towards, he's always yeah, he's always he's angry. Like, I'm always okay. angry. So at this point he's learned how to turn on and off the Hulk. Right. So he can technically he, he can possibly have sex and then not Hulk out. But yeah. I mean but Although still, if there's it, ever a point when you're not fully in control of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well no, it's probably gonna be that moment. Well, yeah. That's and that that's what I was that's what I was thinking. It's like, yeah, he he's learned how to control it, but at that when you're doing that yeah. <laughs> Control's not really going to be your top priority. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll still give you that point. <laughs> no, yeah. So that that's my Plus, that, like what happened to Betty? Did she just like fall you know, off Yeah, the, the, the way my like your major hang up is how they treated like what my major hang up is how they've treated Hulk in these things because he's like like at the end of the game, I liked it I loved it a lot. I'm I was thinking like so the Hulk doesn't have a problem anymore. He's super smart now. He can control it completely. Yeah. We're never getting any Hulk solo movies because the entirety of this character is based on his inability to control this monster. And now this monster has a doctorate. Yeah. Um, we weren't getting them anyway, which is why they chose to do it like this because Universal yeah, still has I know, the rights. Universal, they so, don't want to. Yeah. That's why they were like, we're just going to throw the Hulk in within other movies and give him an arc that way. Which is fine. I mean, I think that the way that they've handled this arc as a sporting character, I think is fine. I just think in terms of like, he's, they've gone a really long way away from what his, like what his baseline issue as a hero is supposed to be. And I'm interested to see how they deal with that in later movies. 
Well, you know what? In the comics, he's been Professor Hulk before. So okay. that's so that's it's so kind that's, of like with Spider-Man. Like his initial thing was like how to juggle being Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. But he and does come he... to like he, he comes to like uh, a marriage of how to be the two. Right. Um, and but then, like, you still have like years and years and years of Spider-Man comics. So all right. they really have to do is just pull from the comics because there's plenty of material there. And I mean, and also, and as far as Spider-Man is concerned in here, I think Tom Holland is good. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they made Iron Man into Uncle Ben and basically made Uncle Ben just not his mentor. Matter. Oh, well, okay, okay. So <laughs> technically, Uncle Ben did happen. Um, yeah. they're just they're doing and I am very grateful for this mm-hmm. they are sparing us Uncle Ben's death again which Batman can't seem to freaking do every oh, no. single Batman movie we have to oh, watch no. the Waynes die again oh yeah, oh, yeah. no no no, no. I, I'm okay like, I'm okay with not seeing Uncle Ben's death like I'm I was okay with them not showing us that like I was okay I liked that he had already been Spider-Man for a while in Homecoming mm-hmm. it my problem with it is that I feel like the Spider-Man movies, they don't, they're not standalone Spider-Man movies. They f- they're always after big events, and you have to have watched the previous thing to understand what's happening in them. Yes, but like, if you are Marvel, and yeah. you are granted the use of a character, and you have a large, you have a 22-movie a, a epic, right? Yeah. When you get the chance to write, and they say, hey, Sony is going to keep all the profits, but you get a chance to make the story. You're going to make that story have to tie into your universe so that it doesn't make yeah. sense unless you watch Marvel. So I get it. That's exactly why it's like that. Like you're, it's yeah. because Sony's I mean, getting all the money from it. But yeah. if you were to just look at the Sony, the Sony Spider-Man movies, you're like, yeah, they, okay, they, but who's Tony Stark? Well, What's going on? What do you mean? What happened? And, and like, yeah. what happened? What event is what happened? Also, You're gonna have to go back and watch the MCU. Yeah, and then also, it's it's frustrating to me that I feel like they did they haven't made his life difficult enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he struggles. I mean, some. he's poor. That's, he, that's like, he, really he's, difficult. Well, no, he well, he's yes, he like he's poor, but I'm. I feel like Far From Home did a lot better job of showing the stress of him balancing his teenage life with being a superhero right. better than Homecoming did. Homecoming, I was like, I mean, yes, it, it's stressful. Like, you, you're poor, yeah, you can't, ha- you can't join clubs, but, you know. I think that movie, I think both of them did a good job in it because with Homecoming, that with homecoming the emphasis was on who he is it's the question of am i spider-man or am i peter parker and right. and everybody keeps to, pulling from everybody keeps pulling from iron man 3's arc bag it's like am I, is it the man or the suit inside it right and like i said spider-man did it better um <laughs> so because yeah, especially when you have that scene when you know he's under he's trapped under the oh, rock no, yeah, yeah that, that scene of the rock half and is, half yeah, yeah that scene where he's under the rock that's probably my favorite scene in the movie next to the one where michael keaton is like being the alternate dad in his car that yes those, the those tension two. in the car exactly <laughs> that's the no, other point i was going to point to no, those the tension two. between the actual and because again 
it shows like this is a, a problem Spider-Man always has. Yeah. If anybody knows who Pete, if anybody knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, now yeah. Aunt May's in trouble. Now Gwen Stacy or whoever he's with, you know, he's Liz Allen or Kristen. Exactly, yeah. and so yeah. that's why I think it was perfect that it was that it it was the you know Spider-Man's going against the Vulture. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Your girlfriend's dad is the vulture. So now in real oh, life, no. you guys both know. And so that is the yeah, perfect dichotomy was, of yeah. are you going to be Peter and let it go? Let him be the vulture and live because he knows who you are. Or are you going to go after him as Spider-Man yes, and risk that, him coming after you? Yes, and that, that particular bit, that particular bit right there, I thought was probably the most extremely handled aspect of Will he be Spider-Man or will he be Peter Parker? At least, like, in Homecoming. That part was handled excellently. Mm-hmm. I think that... I also... Another thing I like about both of those movies is that their villains are not big, huge guys. They're just, like, regular working-class people. Mm-hmm. That they fits were screwed in really over well. by Tony like, Stark. No, and that's the thing. I don't want another... Like, if another Spider-Man villain is, origin is, I got screwed by Tony... It's like, okay. It's like... I I like them to not go to that well again, but they've done it. They've done a good job of it twice now. I agree. It too. If you do it again, it's overplayed. But yeah, like, I do like the fact that remember we were talking about Tony Stark is a dick. Yeah. yeah, he stole. Like he's essentially Steve Jobs. He takes the technology that other people create and takes credit for it. Yeah, I mean, I again, I also like in Homecoming that it. I really love the way it opens where like Michael Keaton and his crew are like the construction guys. It's like Tony Stark says, you can't have this. It paints Tony Stark in a, in a very negative light at like at the very beginning. Cause like, cause you know, we've been told to like him in most movies, or at least we're, I think we're supposed to in homecoming, the way it opens up, you're like, yeah, Tony Stark kind of sucks. You, you just took some but, jobs away. Yeah. But see, that's, I think that was important because it reminds us he's a billionaire. He's the Elon oh, yeah. Musk in this world. And he's not like, yeah, we may think he's quippy and he's funny and, you know, he's a superhero, but in his, his character is a dick. <laughs> you know, he's not, yeah. He doesn't have redeemable qualities like as a person. <laughs> so I mean, his only redeemable quality is like that he wants to use his powers for good, which is. But he wants to do it his way. So that and that's perfect to go back to the Avengers. Yeah, Mm. he wants to use his powers for good, but why is he all up in Captain America's face, Mr. Good? Like the embodiment (laughs) of goodness. You know, here he is being a dick. And also like again, the ways Joss Whedon keeps messing things up captain america's costume in avengers like when he's not wearing the, when he's not wearing the helmet sort of the, the the you know the facial mask thing mm-hmm. i'm watching i'm in the middle of the the first season of the boys right now and so i keep thinking of like he's literally just homelander yeah <laughs> like yeah <laughs> with a different name <laughs> yeah it's it's not a great but that the costume um is comic accurate it's well, shitty i love well, the blue stealth one in uh, winter soldier That's oh yeah awesome. the blue yeah the the it looks good there i really i really like the costume in endgame that he has on i mean that it looks dumb but it, it works like it looks it's like kind of a cool kind of dumb i guess yeah but i like it when it's like 
battered and bruised. Because that to me is like emblematic of Steve Rogers. Yeah, then that's battered, that's, it's bruised, it's bloody. Yeah, it's still working. It still does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and if there's anything those movies have done with Steve Rogers that is consistent, no matter who's writing him. I think they've stuck to the idea that his character is at his baseline, somebody that will always keep, like they will always get up and keep fighting no matter how many times they get knocked down. Yes. I I loved in Endgame when they had him whisper Hail Hydra. Uh, Oh oh, yeah. Again, I don't read comics, but I do like kind of follow the, comics news and everything so i remember so you knew about back, the yeah, yeah i knew what they were referencing with that and i i kind of i smiled i was like that's that's really that's really funny i literally screamed because i because i read then, that that was oh. that comic event oh my gosh like i was on on facebook like what do i do it's the last episode it's the last issue i've oh. got to find out how it ends but i'm t- oh. it's gonna end if i read it it'll be over no i <laughs> I, I was torn. Uh, like, do I read it? Do I not read it? I need yeah. to know, but I don't want it to I, end. I think that everybody in the Avengers movies has done it. Like, I think they cast it well. Like, regardless of what they, regardless of how comic accurate it is, I think that everybody that they've cast has done a really good job of the material they were given. I or you for the I ninety eight percent agree with you. Okay, who do you the think one they, person I would have cast differently is Black Widow? Really? Well, who yes. would? I would have um, Mila, well, either of the Milas. Mila Kunis or Mila Jovovich? Yep, either of them, because both of them are way better at a Russian accent. I don't... Especially since Mila Kunis actually is Russian. I don't know if I could picture... I don't know if I could picture Mila Kunis doing that, but Mila Jovovich... I mean, could you picture Scarlett Johansson doing it before you saw it? Well, no, but the only reference point I had for her before that was, like, Home Alone 3, because I was... Like, you know, oh, back she was in like, a bunch of movies. Cause she was on like, he's just not that into you. Oh, she was mainly in like, um, like, like romantic comedies, like romantic like, comedies, and like goofy chick flicks. Yeah, I mean, I had seen it. Like, I had, I had seen her in a couple of things before. Like, I remember I saw her in the nanny. It was, it was the nanny diaries one. Yeah, with Chris and Evans. Then, yeah, <laughs> even then, they're like, and I don't, I don't remember much about that movie, but I do remember that they were really good together in it. Yeah. So I mean, it's it like yeah. as far as like not having seen them in action films, we hadn't seen her in an action film before Avengers actu- or before and, Iron Man two actually. No, and actually, before she was cast, uh, they had cast Emily Blunt in the role for Iron Man two, but Emily mm-hmm. Blunt was with Emily Blunt was with I want to say it was like Paramount with some company. She was under a three-picture deal where she had to do three movies under that company. And that company said, no, you can't do Iron Man 2. You are required to do Gulliver's Travels and fulfill your contract. And watching Gulliver's Travels, you get the very distinct impression she does not want to be there. <laughs> it is literally one of the worst... I don't worst even remember per- that movie. It's oh, so my long God. Ago. It is one of the worst performances I've ever seen. And it's just so clear that she hates that she's there. I don't think she would. I I don't think she would have been right for it either. I wanted oh. either. So here are the the ones that I could. I think would do as good, if not better, than Scarlett Johansson. Rebecca yeah. Ferguson, but she's brand oh, new. So oh yeah, she was she was in the Doctor Sleep, right? 
Uh, she, I, I don't, I haven't seen Doctor Sleep, but she was in Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Oh wait, yes, yes. That, oh yeah, I remember her. Yes, she was in Doctor Sleep. She was very, very good in Doctor Sleep. But again, she's brand new, so she wouldn't. Yeah, you know. she, she's kind of coming um, up. But I would have done for at the at the time, either Mila Kunis, Mila Jovovich, or Charlize Theron. <laughs> Wow, and as far that's... as like Charlize Theron is too old, she did Old Guard this year. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I, I saw. I saw doing it. I saw part of Old Guard. I was like, she's basically doing exactly what Black Widow does. Yeah, same thing with um, Atomic Blonde. <laughs> yeah, I want. And I think she's that. better at playing the going from non-emotion to false emotion to like not really ever knowing what her real emotion is. Mm-hmm. That I think she would have been the best at that, but then another person who would have been really good is Mila Jovovich, and I mean, she's already I, got the action chops. So yeah, because she, she was she was in the she was in the Fifth Element, I believe. That, yeah, that was she was her. in the Fifth Element. Yeah. she was in. Um, she's in the. She's not Underworld, right? She's Resident Evil. No, Resident that's Evil, Kate Beckinsale. Right, right. right, right she's yeah. Resident Evil. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen part of the first Resident Evil movie. Mm-hmm. I have not played the games. I, I don't really. I, mean, I know it's a franchise, but I haven't really. I know the critics always trash them, but they make a ton of money. So I've never know, seen the games. It. I've never played the games, yeah. but I've seen all the movies. And I mean, as far as plot wise, they're super dumb, but they're oh, entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like they are. I'm sure they are. I mean, it's like vampires and vi- like a virus and Umbrella Corporation. Yeah, it's. Like, it's really, it's, a, it's like super virus. It's more like, um, like zombies and a super okay. virus. Uh-huh. And if like, so the virus has like different levels. And so like right. at one level, the people are like just zombies, but then at another level, they're like a super zombie, like kind of okay. like a vampire. Um, but it's okay, all so, like the umbrella corporation controlling uh, it. And then it gets really, really dumb. And it's like, <laughs> because it's like, she dies and then she's alive again. And then you find out she's a copy. And then there are like oh, tons of copies God, of this her. Sound, and this sounds just, like, this sounds like it would be a really fun thing to just binge through and see how <laughs> dumb it like, can. Watch it get dumber by the movie. <laughs> oh God. Like, and, and I know this, like, again, like it, it's always fascinating to me when you have, Occasionally, you have a series of films where critics will bash them so, so much, and then they make like $600 million, and you're like, okay, well, somebody's enjoying this. Yep. If someone likes these. I mean, I almost feel like the Marvel movies are, are that way sometimes, where it's like some of these are super dumb, but they make a lot of money, and the actors are really, really, really good. See, okay, I think that there are two movies in the MCU that are super dumb. Aside from that, I think they're all really good. Or at the very least, they're all good. They're all at least decent movies. Uh, The two are Iron Man 3 and Age of Ultron. (laughs) Those are the two that are the worst movies to me. I don't know. To me, for me, the worst movie in the MCU would have to be Ant-Man and the Wasp. I wanted to like it. It's a forgettable film, but I don't think that it's terrible. I thought it was like tonally all over the place. Some of it was very like dark and sci-fi. Like it was taking itself very seriously. And then other times they had jokes in there that were like for little kids. And so I, or at least I thought there's like younger children. And so I could never get a baseline of like what audience are you trying to hit with this one. 
it's trying to to me it's trying to hit uh, kind of like the what do you call it um the guy who does the will ferrell movies um the, the, the adam mckay yes adam mckay to me they're going for an adam mckay type audience which is very uh-huh. much a juvenile style of humor not yeah. necessarily made for kids but like but but, but ju- juvenile sure yeah and to I me mean, that's what I, what ant-man is going for because essentially that's paul rudd yeah and I, and I get and i get that i mean i remember i remember i saw the first movie and i knew about all the production problems it had and i felt like the first movie was remarkably well put together i thought it was funny yeah. I, I liked all the I thought it was creative in how it used the shrinking and everything. I mean, I really enjoyed it. So when the second one came out, I, I just kind of sat there going like, you're taking the science of this way too seriously. And also, why does Michelle Pfeiffer look that good after being stuck in the, in the what is, whatever, quantum the, realm. the quantum realm after 20 years? That was I the, will, will yeah. take one further. She should have looked identical as to how she came out. Oh my god, are you kidding me? No, you've seen oh Endgame, right? Time, oh, that's yeah. the whole they, they oh. use this whole thing as the principle of time travel. Where yeah. did she she stuck in the quantum realm? Where'd for she that get long? that makeup? How did Where'd she, she get the use the makeup? restroom? What did she eat? How did Where'd she, she change get... her clothes? Where'd she get clothes? Why did she, she should have been in there for like just a few minutes to her or like yeah, a couple like that, of days? Yeah, all right. When she comes out of the quantum realm and am in the wasp. I could see the makeup gleaming on one side of her face, the way it was lit. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, who looked see, at this shot? And she comes out in like Jedi robes. She should have yeah. come out in her Ant-Man suit. Like, she like, should have looked the exact same age yeah. as Hope because she yeah. should have looked like she went in. And then that would have prompted yeah. them to be like, oh, let's go, you know, let's study. It would have under, you would have understood yeah. why they were again, studying the quantum realm. Yeah. Again, the entire time the, in, in end game, I thought they explained the time travel thing. Okay. I was like, all right, this, this is, this works fine. And mm-hmm. the wasp, I remember sitting there going like your, con- your, your time travel and your science are contradicting themselves. Every other scene, when you bring it up, you're telling me one thing. And then in application, it acts completely differently. I mean, Ant-Man's always been like that because he's supposed to maintain his weight, but he can run on a gun. Well, well, not even, well, it's not even stuff like that. It's just like, again, like, why does Michelle Pfeiffer look different? Why did Luke Skywalker have an extra pair of robes on that island he was on and which he went to her? (laughs) It would have been hilarious. And she came out a Jedi because she healed Homegirl for a minute and I'm like, now you have superpowers? You can go to the quantum realm and get superpowers. Okay. It would have been hilarious to me if, like, she had just... If she had like stepped out, seeing the Michael Douglas stand there, and then just stepped back in, <laughs> like, oh, you old? Mm-mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> or no, or, or, no, or no, like, like she, like, because I know, I know that Hank Pym in the comics has a very negative history with with Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, he was an and so yeah, so so I have to wonder, like, it would have been a, kind of a funny wink. At least to me, if like she she came out, looked at him, and was like this scurried back in there. <laughs> like, but remember, another... she would have come out for her daughter because she had yeah. her daughter was a little girl. Then yeah, and and then before I would she... have loved it if um. So remember in Endgame when yeah. he came out of the quantum realm, 
yeah he said, they were like yeah you were in there for five years he's like yeah but to me it was five hours yeah if she had come out she should have come out the same way when yeah, she, she came out sh- she should have been like they should have been like it's been 20 years and she would have been like it's been 20 minutes yeah and again so like she I think- comes out expecting her daughter to be seven years old and she's a grown woman <laughs> yeah I that mean, would have made for a way more interesting that that would have been act. that would have been that would have made for anyway they're trying to put like the emotional hook of the movie onto getting his wife back and so when she comes out just looking like you know jedi it's like oh she's okay yeah so i would have if i had the chance to do it i would have had her come out in the beginning of the movie and then that the tension would have been between her like assimilating and of course you have a different sense. villain because like you know you have something yeah, else yeah, going ghost. on. Yeah, the ghost the 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 villain didn't make sense to me either. Like she's fading in and out of existence when she puts the suit on. Like don't then don't put the suit on. No, no, no. In general, she's fading oh, in and okay. out of existence. Okay, in general. Okay, so I must have missed that somehow. So the suit so. is just like her shield um, okay. suit. Because she was, they like Shield used her, right? And they were like, "Oh, we can help you, like, we can help control you this. control it for a little bit, but only a little bit." Yeah. And yes. um, and I think the suit was like, it was part of what helped her control it. Mm-hmm. But when she took the suit off, remember when she was in that like glass chamber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she took the, the suit off. She had to be in that glass chamber, or she would, she would like keep phasing in and out. Right. And two and two and that's a, a wasted villain, by the way. The yeah, movie should have been about like her villain. being the villain. Yeah, I thought that too. It was like when they when they finally got down to what her deal was, like when they were explaining, I was like, that sounds really cool. Or at least it would be if we didn't have twenty five minutes left. See, so this is to me, like if I was gonna rewrite this, I would have Janet come out in the beginning of the movie. Then you mm-hmm. discover Ghost being the bad guy. You know, you have hijinks and Sue, yada, yada. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Chase. at the end of the movie, Scott and um, Hank have yeah. to come together to figure out how to go into the quantum realm to help her. Yeah, that would have made, that would have been a lot more interesting than what they did, which is a, it took me about a half hour, but I realized, when I realized the movie was going to be a giant game of keep away, I was just kind of like, Oh, yeah, that wasn't. These are the lowest stakes in the entire series. Keep the small factory away for a lady <laughs> we don't even know is still alive. Yeah, I think it would have been who better to just know. skip all of that and just I have mean, it be about have it be about her herself, like not Jane yeah. Van Dyne, about uh, face. Have it being about her coming after them because she finds out that Janet's back and she yeah, is determined that, that Janet knows. That so maybe been, she kidnaps, um, she, uh, what's her name? Jan- the daughter. Jan- 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 uh, the wasp. What is her name? The, I keep thinking um, Janet, but that's the mom. No, it's not Janet. It's uh, Hope. Hope, yes. So she kidnaps Hope when Hope is un- you know, not paying attention or something. You know, Somehow she's able yeah, to kidnap something Hope. something like that. And so you have this whole thing where like they're trying to get hope back and 
And because her name is Hope, it would be a perfect metaphor for them trying to regain hope. Yeah, that, oh, God. That, the, like, and sometimes they've gone for like cheesy metaphors like that, so it would have made sense. It would have been, like, been perfect. It's like, look, guys, you're asking me to buy that this guy can shrink down, and I can go with a cheesy message if you deliver, if you go all the way with it. I mean, her name is literally Hope. Why didn't you do this? And it could have been what, like, something that could have been hindering him is what they did in the movie, which is he's supposed to be on house arrest. So how is he going to stay on house arrest and go rescue Hope? And again, like, the explanation they gave for, like, how to have him out there, like, the ant, like, the giant ant put with the thing on, that was something that I thought was very, like, kiddish, which would have been fine. But then you've got the very serious side of this story about them trying to get Janet back. And it just kind of clashed tonally for me. It's like cutesy ants with serious emotional issues. Uh, uh, I mean, um, I think that it would have been better instead of So his solution to leave mm-hmm. instead of it being the ant. Yeah. Remember Hank Pym is as smart as Iron Man. Yeah. So he could easily have designed, and he was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. He could easily have been the one who designed LMDs. Yeah. And it doesn't, so he could and, just design a life model decoy for him to, keep, to make it so that, you know, right. they, and like part of the whole thing could have been there's a chase between Hank and the police because they think that he's, right. that he's Scott, but Scott is really on the mission to save Hope. That would have been cool, like to have yes, it like, it like yeah. is Hank gonna get caught? Is Scott gonna get caught? Like, is Scott gonna yeah. get her? Is 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 his buddy Louise gonna tell us a story of how this all happened again? That would have been perfect. <laughs> well, no, yeah, and I and again, like, I like Michael Pena a lot in that role. Like, it's very he. I love how like upbeat and happy the character is. Uh-huh. It's like one of the best. He's like he's like one of the most enjoyable aspects of both of those movies to me. Definitely. I still love it as well. And most of the time, like the the issues with these outside of Ant-Man and the Wasp where the stuff is just too much. Maybe a second watch will warm me up to it more, but the first time I watched it, it was just it wasn't working for me. Outside of that, I've enjoyed all of them to on like some level somewhere. I think the biggest problem that Ant-Man and the Wasp had was timing it should have come out in like january or february because the mindset in january february is this is where bad movies come out so if you have a decent movie come out then it seems great yeah they put it out in july when the best movies come out and then it was right after infinity war 2 exactly and like like it's the the thing felt to me like they had watched the reception for Infinity War and had listened to a bunch of people on the internet who had been asking where Ant-Man was and so and they were like okay quick write something to explain why he wasn't here and I <laughs> sat there watching like I didn't really care that he wasn't here but now that I know what he was doing I really don't care that he wasn't there <laughs> like this is, like yeah I he should down on my not caring <laughs> like she like he should I liked the character in the first movie, I like him in Civil War, and I like him in Endgame, even though they spend the entire movie dumping on him. But, like, when they said, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the answer to, like, where he was, I was like, I-, I didn't need to know that he was doing this. 
I mean, I'm happy Michelle Pfeiffer's here because maybe they'll give her something to do in later movies. I know that Ant-Man 3, they just announced a villain for it today, actually. In Ant-Man 3? Yeah. Who's the villain? Oh, man. Let See, me... part of me, like, doesn't want to know because I, like, I like to go in, like, trailer blind. Where I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, then yeah. part well, of me is like, okay, but who is it? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm the same way where it's like, I... I have a love-hate relationship with movie trailers because I love seeing them and also I hate seeing them. Because like, they tell you the whole movie nowadays? Well, not all. It's, I think they're getting a little better about not doing that, but there was a period for like three years where every trailer was like, all right, first act, second act, third act, I know exactly how it's going to go yep. in two and a half minutes. I think they're getting a little bit better about that. Their, their new approach is either like show you just enough to get you interested, which is what you're supposed to do, or be so vague that you have no freaking clue what it's even about and you're questioning will you even see it i think that works though the vague like will you even see it because if you to me the the best thing is when you're like hey here's a movie and you're like what movie and they're like this movie and you're like well what's (laughs) what's happening in the movie and they're like you have to watch the movie um, and then I'm like, think, okay, now I'm gonna watch the movie. Yeah, I think the I think the I think the Dune trailer is kind of working under that approach, where it's like I oh. I can still see. I think the Dune trailer like it's good and it does make you want to watch the movie. But yeah. that's because we've seen the old Dune and we're like, this well, is a thousand times better. Well, I haven't seen the old Dune yet, oh. so even for me, I'm like. I'm not the biggest, from what I've seen Timothy Chalamet in, I haven't been, I'm not a huge fan of him at this point, but I like everybody else in the movie around him. And I think Dude, that, that movie was packed. It's even got John Batista. I was like, no, what? it got Dave, Dave Batista. Or Dave, and, I, I was thinking I, I combined John Cena and Dave Batista into one person. <laughs> <laughs> I am a horrible human being. No, that that's no. It's fine. <laughs> that's You're like not a horrible. monstrous Ugh. concoction. <laughs> well, 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 John Cena's busy doing like playing with fire, and Dave Batista's getting Disney money. So you know, yeah. I mean, but no, it is going to be interesting to see where the Marvel universe goes, or even like how many movies it will. Like, I want to see the point where, like, in another ten years, and that's the breaking point where people are like, okay, let another genre craze now. Um, you mean past superhero movies? Well, yeah, because I think, you know, like every few years, you know, it's like back in the 2010s and early 2000s, it was like all these fantasy children's literature movies came out and then it was, you know, dystopian young adult stuff. And now it's superheroes. And so I'm wondering, and I think most of these are good. I'm just wondering, like, regardless of their quality, will there be a point when they are not financially viable enough to continue making, at least not as consistently. If you're DC, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, DC, that was a low blow. No, you know, DC, <laughs> DC, I have the entire DC extended universe, and they are, they're, they're frustrating. Because I think that they get, like, I think that Wonder Woman is good. I think that Suicide Squad is really stupid, trashy fun that I don't think about too hard at all. I like the, I think Justice League is okay in the barest sense. Birds of Prey is fun. And, you know, Aquaman's goofy and Shazam, I think is actually really good. I mean, but yeah, it, it would be nice if they could figure out a direction and keep heading in it instead of 
reacting to all the criticisms of the previous movie with every release. So you know how I made you admit that Iron Man 3 wasn't good? That it had a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. That if you think about it for more than 10 seconds, you're like, yeah, there's a lot of problems here. Yeah. Next time, I'm doing that with Shazam. All right. Oh, God. I've, heard, <laughs> I've, I've watched video. Yeah. I, if you're going to hit me with the, him in the adult form doesn't act like him in the kid form, yeah, I, pick, I picked that up the last time I watched it. I was like, this doesn't... I mean, I think both of them are good, but yeah, it, it is a legitimate criticism. Like, you could have made the, the adult version less, or like more like his kid version. The adult version was more childlike than the kid version. Kid version was more was all responsibilities and and yeah, it is like a again, straightforward it, attitude. But then the kid version was like, oh, I'm just a kid. Like they're not even the same character. Oh, oh no! And I, again, ne- next time I do have better defenses than it's just the plot. <laughs> why I like it. We'll see because I have way uh, more to throw at you than this. So I'm sure I, I'm looking forward to this. Now I was thinking. I've thought several points. Like now I have to do an MCU rewatch and really make sure that I like all of these movies now and that they don't have glaring <laughs> issues with them. If it makes you feel any better, I have watched all twenty-three movies in the MCU more times than most people have watched any of the movies individually. Oh, I yes. actually sat oh. through. I sat. The first marathon I did was. Uh-huh. Um, the first 11 movies yeah, at Age of Ultron. Right. The second big marathon, because every time there were yeah. mini marathons, I would do those, but those would usually yeah. be like just the Captain America movies, right? Yeah. But then the next big one was all 22 films mm. in a movie theater back to back to back. Oh, I mean, I, I also remember... Like I remember they had, uh, like when Black Panther came out, I'm pretty sure they did like marathons, everything until that point too. I was going to, like, I checked my theater to see if I was going to be in town for it. I was like, John, I'm not going to be here for this. Oh, I, you'll love this. Here, I forgot to request off for my birthday, but oh. I requested off for the MCU. I was like, <laughs> okay, so... Endgame comes out here. So, yeah. like, Endgame comes out on Friday. So, the marathon's going to start Tuesday. It's going to end Thursday. I'm going to need at least a day to recoup because oh, you would think yeah. just sitting in a theater is, is not stressful, oh, but it is oh, physically no. stressful. Oh, no, it is. Like, there was one, I get that. Like, there was one day, like, back in 2011, I'd had, like, a three-film marathon. I saw the Lincoln Lawyer source code in the Green Lantern movie on the same day. And by the end of it, I was like... Whew. Oh yeah, that's nothing. I've I've seen all of, okay, so the very first one I remember doing in a theater is mm. the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. Um but I also great. did the Hunger Games. I did, you know, one and two, yeah, then one, two, three, then one, two, three, four. Yeah. Um I did the Avengers. Right. Then I did Age of Ultron. The Avengers wasn't that big a deal though, because that was just six movies. But yeah. Age of Ultron was eleven movies. That was the oh. biggest one. I mean, and then I did uh, Star Wars when The Force Awakens came out. So that was I, seven movies. Wow. I binged, the, I binged the Star Wars movies up until The Force Awakens, like back in 2015 when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I haven't binged the, I haven't binged all nine of them yet or, or not nine, but like all. So what I, you're saying is you don't 11? hate yourself. 
No, I don't because <laughs> no, I don't. I'm like the other. I'm like the most casual Star Wars fan in the world. It's like I just view them as popcorn cinema. That's They're, honestly how you have to see the prequels and sequels. Because if not, you just if you use your brain, you will rage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And anyway, I think I think the first three of them, like back in the seventies. Yeah, I think those are very classic status, deservingly. Yes. The prequels, I'm like, okay, episode one has good action. Episode two, little better on the plot side. Episode three, it feels like Star Wars again. Um, of the prequels? But, well, yeah, I like episode three, again, as, in as much as, like, this is a fun, turn-my-brain-off action, like, spark, like, you know, spectacle things go. It's got script issues. Hayden Christensen's acting Indeed. is really good. Okay, see, no, I am against that. It's not Hayden oh, Christensen's yeah. acting. He is doing oh. exactly what he was told. It yeah. is the writing and the directing. That is yeah. 100% George Lucas. Yeah. Because if yeah. you go back and you look at Anakin and the Phantom Menace, he yeah. had him act the exact same way. Oh. This is Lucas's vision. Okay, so this is... That we're seeing. Yeah, and it's I not do... bad acting. It's bad directing and writing. Oh, no, and I, I do recognize the fact that, like, it's not entirely his fault. Like, I think any actor, any actor or actress, they're, if, if they're given really bad material to work with and bad direction, then, yeah, they're not going to look very good. It's so, like, I don't, I don't do a lot of dumping on him when people are like, he's so bad. I'm like, who would be good with the way this is written most of the time? Yeah, it's not, the, the writing, the prequel trilogy is an example of, when you surround yourself with yes men and you don't have studio mandates, when you yeah. control the shots, not that great. Just yeah. like everybody talks about the matrix. Like so many people can't stand um, the matrix Sequels. reloaded because they were under very strict guidelines as what they could and couldn't do in oh, the matrix, which is why they had to change it from turning humans into a CPU into a battery. Yeah. The studio made that decision. But when the Matrix made all the money, the studio was like, all right, you're good. We're out. And they let them <laughs> do what they wanted. And then the architect scene happens and only like 10 people understood it. Everybody oh. else was like, I don't get it. So, but if the studio was there, they would have been like, what are the words that are yeah, say, I, being said? And they would have made I, them change it. I, I tried to watch The Matrix Reloaded once. I got through about 12 minutes and said, no, wherever this is going, I mean, <laughs> it, it, I just, I just kind of, you ever turn a movie on and you get partway into it and you just kind of look at yourself like, yeah, I know this is going nowhere I'm going to enjoy, so. Um, yes, that movie is Shazam, but. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yep. Uh, uh, I, but I, I, I love The Matrix Reloaded. Um, okay. I hated it at the time, but not because of the architect scene, because I'm one of those okay. 10 people who got it. Okay. I actually okay, loved the architect great. scene. I hated the CGI because I felt like I was watching a cartoon happen. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen clips of, like, I've seen clips of some of the action scenes, and it's so, like, the, the Agent Smiths look so rubbery and not real, and you're like, oh, CG. I look forward to having my love of Shazam crushed by you next time. I'm- <laughs> and I shall. Uh. <laughs> and this also includes my non-contractually obligate, non-contractual obligation to mention Star Wars because I somehow managed to <laughs> nearly every episode. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Hey, that, that's fine. I, I love talking about geek stuff, good or bad. <laughs> so where can everybody find you? 
Uh, you can find me. My name is Kevin the Critic. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, at Kevin underscore the Critic, and Instagram, Kevin the Critic, all one word. Uh, you know, I have a I have a film review blog where I post you know full written reviews. I do blurbs. I take review requests. You know, all that. So you can check me out there. If you like this episode, do us a favor. If you're listening through Apple, give us five star rating or any other app. Drop us a like, and don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear new episodes when they come out. Thanks. Salute, 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 salute,